Hey, thanks so much for joining me today. Jesus is coming. I'm excited. He does these wave things of reminding me that he's coming. And today, he wants me to remind you that he's coming. Let's acknowledge him, Jesus. We thank you that you're warning us that you're coming. That you're not going to come like a thief in the night for those who are watching for you. And I thank you that everybody that's watching today is watching for you. Help us to learn how to watch. We love you and praise you. Just take over. We thank you for revelation knowledge. Thank you for speaking through me. I love you and I praise you and give you all the glory. You know, I was reading um, verse 8, 2 Peter 3, 8. But beloved, don't be ignorant of this one thing that one day is with the Lord is a thousand years and a thousand years as a day. And I've been thinking for a while that time is irrelevant with God. It really is. What is he saying? Because in the next verse, he says, the Lord is not delayed. He's not tardy or slow about what he promises, according to some people's conception of slowness. But he's long-suffering. He's extraordinarily patient toward you, not desiring that any should perish, but all should turn to repentance. So what is he saying? He's waiting for us. He's not late. We are late. The day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will vanish and pass away, and the thunderous crash and the material elements of the universe will be dissolved with fire, and the earth and the works that are upon it will be burned up. So when he does come... He's going to come like a thief in the night for those who aren't watching. I was reading this in the Message Bible today, and I thought it could say it better. So it, it says it better, so much better than I could say it. So I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to start in verse 1. My dear friends, this is, what, this is now the second time I've written to you. Both letters, reminders to hold your minds in a state of undistraction attention. Keep in mind what the Holy Prophet said and the command of our Master and Savior that is passed on by our apostles. First off, you need to know that in the past days, mockers are going to have a heyday, reducing everything to the level of their petty feelings. They'll mock. So what's happened to the promise of the coming? Our ancestors are dead and buried, and everything's going on just as it has been from the day of creation. Nothing's changed. They conveniently forget that long ago, all the galaxies in this very planet were brought into existence out of watery chaos by God's word. Then God's word brought the chaos back in a flood that destroyed the world. The current galaxies and the earth are fuel for the final fire. God is poised, ready to speak his word again, ready to give the signal for judgment and destruction of the desecrating skeptics. Don't overlook the obvious here, friends. With God, one day is as good as a thousand years. A thousand years as a day. God isn't late with his promise as some measure lateness. He's restraining himself. That's what I feel like he's been telling me. So it says it's so cool. He's restraining himself on account of you, holding back the end because he doesn't want anyone lost. He's giving everyone space and time to change, and we need time to change. It takes forever for us to get things, and we're so distracted anyway. Since everything is here today, might be gone tomorrow, do you see how essential it is to live a holy life? Daily accept, daily expect the day of God, eager for its arrival. 
The galaxies will burn up and the elements will melt down and that day we'll hardly notice. We'll be looking the other way, ready for the promised new heavens and the promised new earth, all landscape with righteousness. So my dear friends, since this is what you have to look forward to, do your very best to be found living at your best in purity and peace. Interpret our master's patient restraint for what it is, salvation. And then it goes on to talk about how Paul has given us much wisdom, and we should refer to his letters. And verse 17 and 18, you are well warned, be on guard, lest you lose your footing and get swept off your feet by these lawless and loose-talking teachers. Grow in grace and understanding of our Master and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so God wants me to tell you, he is coming And, you know, one thing that really I was thinking that he was saying is those who love me, those who really, truly love me are getting ready. They're making sure they're doing all that they need to do. The ones that are saying, I'm ready, aren't ready because they think they can just say this prayer and that's that. But it's a true divine relationship that we have with Jesus that makes us ready. And when you have that relationship with him, you're going to know the thing that you need to do to get ready. Most people I talk to say, I'm ready, but they have no idea what they're supposed to be doing to get ready. You know, I'm doing this to get ready. My part, my job is to tell you that he's coming. Jesus is coming and we need to be ready. That's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to tell you that. I'm supposed to make these videos. I'm supposed to write books. And there's something that you have to do as well. If you're watching for him, then you're preparing the way for him. Because you know it's not his will. We just read it. It's not his will that one should perish. That's why he's restraining himself. That's why he's holding back. That's why he's waiting patiently. Because he doesn't want anyone to perish. And We are his workers. The harvest is plenty. There's so many people that don't know about Jesus. And so many Christians are so self-centered and think, well, I'm ready, so it doesn't worry, you know, I'm not worried about them. Then you don't truly have a relationship with Jesus. I'm just going to be bold and say that because you're going to care about what he cares about if you truly love him. And so if you truly love him, you're going to be doing his work. You're going to care about what he cares about, and you're going to find out from him what you can do to help, because this grieves him. I'm going to go back to my other translation. It says, um, he's not tardy or slow, but about what he promises, according to some people's conception, but he's long-suffering. He's extraordinarily patient toward us. And if we are his, then we are his workers. You know, we're so distracted about worrying about what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink, and what we're going to wear, that we have no idea that we should be getting ready for him. He could come tomorrow. And it says, if you're not watching, that it will be like a thief in the night for you. There's going to be a thunderous crash, and and the earth is going to be dissolved in fire. And so get ready. Jesus is coming. Find out what you can do to assist him, to help him. Noah had a part and his family, and no one else was listening. There's a few 
that are listening and a few are going to be ready and that's not his will and that's not and that's why he's not here we're suffering because we're he's waiting for us he wants to do good he wants to rescue us but we're just all caught up in ourselves and in this world and so in love with this world that when he does come you're going to wish he didn't come if you never asked Jesus to come live on the inside of you revelation 3 20 says that he's already knocking at the door of your heart. If you invite him in, if you will heed his voice, it's not just a a magical prayer or a lucky prayer, you know, and, and luck is living by chance. But it's a prayer. It's a commitment that if you heed his voice and you be a part of his life, that you would love him as he loves you. He's got his mind on you all the time. That's why he's not here yet. He's not here yet because we're not ready. You know, you think you're ready, then find out that you did everything he's called you to do. He's waiting. He's waiting. He's patiently waiting. He's restraining himself because it's not his will that one should perish. So let's ask him, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for so all the things that you do. And we're asking you to come and live on the inside of us. And help us to heed your voice. And help us to repent from not heeding your voice in the past. Thank you and we praise you for teaching us your way. Teaching us how to be ready. Making it clear to us what we need to be doing. Love and praise you. And give you all the glory. I just heard him talking to me. He said, he can't make it clear to us if we're not listening. If we're not watching and praying. If we don't have his eye on him, if we're, if we're addicted to, stuck, trapped by the wiles of the enemy of this world, you know, if it's just all about what's going on here and now, then how is he going to get to you? If you don't, one of my pastors used to say, you got to tune in. You got to tune into him, and you do. You got to pay attention. You have to say, Lord, where are you? What do you have to say to me? I'm listening. Your servant is listening. What can I do to help? You know, if you love him, then you're going to feel his pain, his grief. He's grieving right now. He's hurt. He's hurting that we don't love him enough to pay enough attention to him to find out what we can do. If you're hurting, do you call on Jesus? Ask him to help you. Well, right now he's hurting. I just want to encourage you to get on your knees and find out what his pain is. Find out where he hurts and see what you can do for him. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you.